Hey, this is Ed. Welcome to the Voyage Cast, where we discuss all things wellness, from interviews and reviews to tips and tools to help you grow. In today's episode, we learn a little more about Brianna, your host. Her story teaches us that if we are willing to learn, risk, and take action, we can find hope and create a positive ripple effect in all our relationships. Well, most of them. I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for listening. So my story started when I was probably in high school. I was 14, dating another young 14-year-old. And just like any 14-year-old relationship, there was problems. And I remember talking to my mom And I don't remember the details of it, but I just remember she shared that her and my father went and got couples therapy in it um, early on in their marriage. And it was such a powerful thing. And his name was Sherman. I do remember that. And Sherman would tell us, don't, you know, never, never use never or always. So like those things stood out to me. And so I think that just planted seeds that, oh, my my parents got couples therapy. Oh, that's a good thing. My parents uh, were still married and they're still married today. They've somewhere between almost 45 years, I think. Um, I learned later on in my adult life that just because they were married for 45 years doesn't mean they were perfect. And I think I maybe idolized um, my family younger, but I I do appreciate that my family protected um, younger eyes and hearts from any generational trauma that was going on with the family. But um, so at the time, I did have uh, some close friends that were – their parents had divorced and I would see them go back and forth. And I just remember having the experience of, oh, I see the benefit of a family sticking together. I see the mm. benefit of parents sticking together. And then I um, I think, I again, I just realized that the family starts with the parents, that if the parents can have a strong relationship, maybe the family has a chance. My senior year of high school, I took a, a psychology of relationships class And I just remember I loved it. It was an elective. It just came out. I didn't have to take it. I took it. I don't remember much about it. I don't remember any content. I just remember I loved it. I remember relationships were fascinating for me. Um, And so when I- Some kind of high class school that you go to to get that kind of- No, just uh, normal public school in Colorado Springs. And um, again, I I think the course just came out my senior year and it was just an elective course. And so I went to- um, I went to college and I just, I feel like my path has always just been, I just have always known. And I know that's not everyone's path. A lot of the clients I work with, they're um, still trying to figure it out, right? But I just feel like I've, I don't know, I had that experience when I was uh, 14 and then I just, I loved relationships. And so I knew I was going to somehow, some way study in the psychology field. I took some psychology classes and I took some sociology classes um, well, I got B's in my sociology classes, so I turned away from those, and I said, nope, not going down that road, and I majored in psychology. Um, and then, again, just it was never a question that I was going to become a therapist. I just always knew. I knew I loved relationships, and I was going to become a therapist. Um, so that it was just easy for me in that realm. Um, so I you know, graduated uh, with a degree in psychology. And again, to reiterate, you're not doing anything with a bachelor's in no. psychology. Sorry to break some people's hearts. <laughs> um, and so I knew I was going to go get my master's. I didn't, um, it's not that I loved school, but it, it definitely came easier to me. 
um, than it came to you. I had I had to work at it, but I was an A B student. It was um, so yeah. It I mean, wasn't I, I hear you say you got B's and you turned away from a program? <laughs> I would have been like, I guess that's the one for me. Right? You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was just it's just what I was going to go do. I think I was deciding on what program to do because when you don't know about the mental health field, you don't know what program to go to. And I was trying to figure out what program, but um, I did come back to going to a couples and family therapy program. And so I got exposed to um, emotion focused therapy. I got exposed to Gottman therapy and um, I just loved couples therapy. I loved family therapy. So I've been very systemic from, even before I was trained. Uh, So I just always knew that that was going to be the road for me. I just never viewed somebody outside of their system, um, outside of their relationships, outside of their, um, yeah, their family and their, and their marriage. So I major, or my, my master's was in couples and family. And then, um, but I, like I said, I always knew I wanted to become a family, like a couples therapist. It was just always there Um, out of my, Masters, I did family therapy, so I didn't do further training in couples just because it wasn't applicable at that time. But I got some really good training in family therapy, which can, I think, set the foundation to do couples work because it's systemic. It's about patterns. It's about deepening understanding of emotion. So that kind of set the stage for me to understand couples work. But it wasn't until I took the leap and I and you, you, we've mentioned this, but Sue Johnson's emotion-focused therapy, and that was life-altering, career-changing. It changed my personal life of just truly understanding attachment, and attachment's a fa- fancy word for how we love others, how we bond with others, um, and it starts in infancy, and and it's uh, something you know we attach to people through our adulthood. Well, and it's core to humanity. A hundred percent. Like it's yeah. the foundational principle for how we almost do anything. Yes. Do civilization and do any kind of relationship. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And so in my master's program, every master's program is going to talk about attachment and development, child development. And it never clicked for me. Uh, even remembering the attachment styles, I never really digested it. But once I did this training, I was like, oh my gosh, it makes so much sense. And to your point, it developed my foundation of how I viewed humanity. So I'm not just an attachment therapist. I walk this earth seeing attachment, seeing how people bond with each other, seeing how people reach to get their needs met, cope when their needs aren't met. And so that just opened my eyes. I think it was the start of my own journey. I've received therapy multiple times in my life, but I feel like that training um, was the start of just my deeper development of a human being as a therapist, as a wife. I met my husband um, at that time. And so I'm so thankful I did because I feel like it allowed me to create a really good foundation with him with all the information I was learning. So I went and I did the EFT training. And like I said, it just changed my world. And so connecting with people and being vulnerable. And there's this uh, concept called uh, the paradox, the dependency paradox, right? So I think we live in a culture, well, I think we're moving out of it, but in the 50s, 60s, 70s, when, you know, mental health was first taking off and it was um, a lot of those psycho um, analysts, uh, we had to take care of ourselves. You have this problem. You need to learn coping skills. You need to learn how to manage it. And 
attachment debunks all of that. And so in the dependency paradox, the more available and accessible my husband is, I know I can call him at any time. I know he will pick up the phone. I know he will meet my needs. I just don't call him. I don't need him, right? Like I, the more I know he's there, the more I actually don't. I'm good. I know he's there, so I can go all day without talking to him, and I know he'd be there. So that's kind of... What further develops that that sense of security within you, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that was just life-changing for me, and I've read a lot of attachment books and really dove into that um, model of therapy. And like I said, it's not just a model. I think it's really a way of viewing humanity and a way of being. And so that really molded and changed me to identify as an attachment-based therapist um, and I think gave me such a great gift that I can give to my couples. Um, but really I stay in that ad- attachment realm, no matter if I'm working with couples or individuals. And, um, so it, it started from couples and now it's ended, like it's, it stayed the same. Um, That's fantastic. I know. So it's just an interesting, what, what keeps you fired up about helping the community, helping your client? What keeps sure. you going? I wish I had a better answer other than I geek out on attachment. <laughs> like That's awesome. I, you know, you can't see me, but I'm smiling right now. Like it just, it makes so much sense for me. And it's, um, yeah, I just, once you understand attachment, you understand people's behavior. So I just, I don't know why. I don't know why I geek out on this. I don't know why it energizes me, uh, but it does. And so that's what keeps me motivated to keep learning, to keep growing. So you're um, energized by orienting people basically to right relationship. Yes. Yes. And I think a lot of what I do is relationship coaching, but it's not relationship coaching, right? Right. I don't even know what that would look like if you went to a standard coach, but I, um, I love helping people understand why they're doing the things they're doing in their relationships based on their attachment style from childhood. And then starting to see it and then do things differently. And then when my clients start developing a healthy relationship, oh my gosh, that brings me so much joy. And I think if we go back to all the way from my own childhood, just the benefits of having an intact marriage as my parents, right? And and again, they were not perfect. And I've learned that over um, just my my time that they're not perfect and that we had problems and we, we still have problems as a family, but we've been able to tackle so much and stay intact and repair and work on things. And again, just the benefit of having that. And, and now I've gotten the benefit of my own um, satisfaction in my marriage that I see the benefit. Something else that I feel really called to is I was single till I was 30 so I met my husband uh, a few days before my 30th birthday. Wow. And so I know what it's like to be single into your 30s. I know what it's like to have to deal with issues on your own. And so I think I'm a, a living evidence that, oh, when you're in connection with someone in a healthy way, man, life just doesn't feel as hard. Man, it's so much easier. And we still have problems. We have um Well, there's still life stressors, right? There's stressors that come up with work. There's stressors that come up with finances, with our dogs. But it's just so much – it just feels so good to know that he's there next to me. So um, I waited a long time to get that relationship. And so now it's like I I love being able to help people get that back. Knowing we're not in control of when we meet, 
our spouses, our partners, um, but helping people be prepared and to the best of their abilities, do what they're in control of to um, develop that healthy, uh, secure relationship. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. So I just geek out. My poor husband, he knows attachment now. He, I'm sure he oh, does. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He will geek out with me, or he at least lets me geek out with me. Uh, we'll go out to dinner with people, and they ask me what I do, and I don't, I don't try to uh, give people the lecture, but they just start being curious, and then I'm so excited about it, it just naturally comes out. <laughs> so then he'll start, you know. Um, I was telling a client the other, the other day, something clicked for this client, and it was so cool because. Um, talking about sharing for the first time ever, I got this client to share with their spouse and, and it was such a beautiful experience. And so I was just letting her know that it's easy for me. I, I got the training. You know, I know all about this. My husband, he has no training, but over time he's learned these skills with me. So there's hope for us. Like just because we don't know how to do it doesn't mean we'll never do it. Yeah. You know, I hear him sh- share something about attachment and I just beam because I'm like, oh, that's so cute. He gets it. Well, it's kind of, that's, that's pretty inspirational. I mean, the fact that you're learning these things and then you're helping your clients and then mm-hmm. you're involving your husband in this learning process. And then of course, like whenever you guys have conflict or whatever, you guys are working it out as you're doing it too. I mean, you're influencing this marriage in such a positive way. He's coming aboard and joining you. Oh yeah. I mean, that's anymore when you think about success in relationships. I mean, it's almost miraculous. Yeah. So good job for waiting and finding a good one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm so thankful. I feel so blessed because the family that he he came from, there's, you know, his parents are still married. We love them, but they didn't communicate. They didn't talk. And so the fact that he's been so open and so accessible and so willing to work on communication with me and sharing and being vulnerable, I'm just... I'm in awe of him of, and so thankful because we wouldn't, um, yes, I came uh, with a, I don't want to say a better foundation, just with more health behind me. I, I did mm-hmm. therapy in college and my master's program and I had some healthy communication strategies and, but now he just jumped right on board with me and with him too, I'm so much healthier. Isn't think, that how it goes? Like yeah. when, when we do better in our personal lives, it affects everything else. Yeah. We're better therapists. We're better people in general when we're working on our own personal stuff too. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And I loved couples before I was ever married. And I think I still provided help because you're never going to be an expert. I'm never going to know exactly what someone's going through. And I'm really good at seeing dynamics, but it does give just another uh, extra experience or intensifies the experience of walking it and knowing how to, how to handle conflict with my husband or what repair looks like in a marriage. And that's right. So it's been a, it's been a fun journey. That's awesome. Do you think your family, even beyond your husband's been impacted by you and your growth? Uh, yes. So in a lot of, um, so the EFT training really changed my life, but then that started conversations with understanding my own attachment style. Cause I don't know about you, Eddie, but I was 100% secure all the time, never <laughs> swayed from that. And in my EFT training, uh, we did attachment history. So essentially just understanding um, clients, family of origin stories, right? So really what we're looking at is 
were your needs met? How did you reach to get your needs met? Who would you turn to, right? And so we practiced that in my training with um, other therapists. And I, the person I was practicing with, um, you know, we were asking, who would I turn to? Would it feel good? And she reflected something back to me um, that kind of challenged my relationship with my mother. And I remember I just felt pushed back of like, <gasps> How dare you? No, my family's perfect. What are you what are you talking about? And so it has opened the door to start understanding my own attachment style. And I'm very thankful I have a family that is we're not perfect by any means. We have a lot of stuff, but they're open to conversations and uh and, and we're very open family. It hasn't always been a good thing when you're open. But um, so I've had conversations with my parents of things that have um, hurt me or maybe why I'm the way I am or why I react the way I am. And so it's been it's been like a four year journey. It didn't happen overnight. And then talking to my sisters about um, what impacted them, what did they feel, what narratives did they believe about themselves. And so it has been uh, a really cool experience. Outside of the EFT training, I think one of the other contributors to where I am in my own mental health journey, I started neurofeedback, gosh, November of, was that 2021? Is that I how think, long yeah, it's been? I think so. Wow. So I did it all throughout the beginning of 2022, and it just opened up my experience, and it just changed so much. So I think that also was a leading thing to be impacting my relationships. And with the neurofeedback, I went on a 10-day trip with my entire immediate family. So my two sisters, their seven kids, husbands, my parents, and no one fought. So if you say the rippling effect, um, I know I play uh, a part in that of um, the growth that I've engaged in can ripple into my parents and my family. So that's incredible. I I don't think I would necessarily get into fights with people (laughs) if I was on a big family trip, Yeah, but I am an only child and I don't think I could have tolerated being around that many people for that long. Yeah. I probably would have withdrawn a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So good for you. My family can get into fights and we've had other family trips where there were fights and no one fought this trip. And I think it's just um, a testament to all of us. It's not, not just me, but trying to work towards growth and healing. Um, And I preach to all of them that they need to get into neurofeedback. Um, So it's inspiring. I mean, Your story is saying that people can get better. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And also, too, I think with my story, I grew up in a very good environment. When you you have clients come in and they're like, nah, my childhood was great. I'm fine. My parents were perfect. My parents were great. Two-parent household. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. They showed up to my events. They showed up to um, school you know, school, what teacher parent conferences. My dad was accessible with warmth, you know, not all dads are. My mom was um, very engaged. And guess what? I was still impacted. And guess what? I still had anxiety because my mom had a lot of anxiety. And so she, even though she was super present in there, I think I felt some of her anxiety of needing to do things her way because she wanted to make sure we were okay. So even with the clients that you come in and you're like, no, I had a great childhood. I bet you did. And you're still impacted. 100%. And we still have attachment styles. Such a great point. Mm-hmm. Such a great point. I've had plenty mm-hmm. of people come in with that. Yep. Same kind of background, really healthy childhood, 
lovely parents, lovely mm-hmm. family, greatest thing ever. Yep. But somehow we get impacted. Yeah. And it takes humility uh, and, and willingness to be vulnerable. Yeah. For us to grow and develop and realize like, oh, you know, maybe, maybe there are some things I still have to learn. Yeah. And if I, if I would have stayed to that narrative that my childhood was perfect, I would have missed a lot. Mm. And it, it was a good childhood. I don't mm. have any big traumas, but where did I get all this anxiety? Oh, that's so weird, right? And so just being able to be open and look at that, and it doesn't mean our parents are bad. And I've been able to have, I think there's a way to do it, delicate conversations to be able to share how we've been impacted. Um, And it's not blameful. It's not accusatory. Those are never going to work. But it's just, oh, this is this is what I do. This is this is how I've been impacted. And I, to me, I think it off, offers an opportunity for our parents to grow in their own individual journeys. And I also recognize that not every parent is ready to hear from their kid. And I and I do not push my clients into that without having some sense of safety or knowing that it will be received. So. Yeah, it's not our job to tell our parents no. how to live or how to change or how to be. You know, really our job is to grow ourselves. Yeah. You know. I did it the I shared for the sake of sharing, for the sake of vulnerability, for the sake of connection, not to change my parents, not to shame them, but there was some things that were coming up in our adult relationship that I didn't quite know why they were happening and so sharing like, oh, I think um, you know, this is what's going on. And and it's all about perception, too. I'm impacted by my parents because it was my perception of them. And then they get to clarify um, what their intent was. So definitely, to me, the sake of sharing is to never to change someone or alter an outcome. Uh, the sake of sharing is to share. And it's for the opportunity of connection and vulnerability. And again, I think that goes back to our the sharing the stories of the podcast, like sharing to share. And I think that's a new concept for people. I know it's been with my clients when I'm maybe coaching them to go share with their husband. No, 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 girlfriend. You're not sharing to try to get your husband to do what you want him to do. (laughs) It's not sharing to compel. Yeah. Yeah. You're sharing to be open and vulnerable and authentic and that's it. And then they go, whoa, that's weird. Sharing just to share what? Well, and what a beautiful thing too and, and you've probably seen it in your couple sessions too when when you get somebody just to share and the other person can shut the hell up it actually keeps them all de-escalated mm-hmm. because they're no longer in that defensive cyclical or yep. negative cyclical pattern 100 percent. they're just hearing it yeah. that's it yeah not There's... not hearing it to agree to disagree to defend to defend yeah. nothing they're just hearing to accept it yep what and... a beautiful thing that is that's hard to do though yeah Oh, yeah. And that's in my work. It takes this isn't session one. <laughs> no, that's really yeah. I mean, that's a, I, I would classify that as kind of like an advanced skill in emotional connection. Yes. And I think that's what drives me with my clients. Uh, when we're you know, you think about a treatment plan. My treatment plan is how am I going to get my clients to have a more authentic, vulnerable connection with friends or spouses, partners, um, and safe people, right? Where 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 we feel safe. We're not going to do this with uh, maybe a boss that you don't feel safe with. That's okay. We don't have to do that. Nope. Yeah, it drives me. I love it. And it's been very satisfying. It's interesting because your story personally and professionally are almost indistinguishable. It's so intertwined.
Yes. And I remember, um, I don't know how long ago was it, but as a therapist, say if you're doing supervision, like you can't become a better therapist without growing yourself. And so sometimes it's been exhausting of like, I wish I was just in a job that I could just show up and just complete my work and then go home. But in this role, you're constantly growing and changing and evolving. And then that does show up in my work. This was an episode of the Voyage Cast. Please remember to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. We look forward to bringing you even more content to enrich your lives.